This is Habit Aware's Love, Strength, and Awareness podcast. I'm Anila, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Lauren McKinney. Like many people in our BFRB community, Lauren has transformed her pain, including a near-death experience, into her purpose. As founder of the Picking Me Foundation, she's on a mission to educate people about compulsive skin picking, also known as dermatillomania, as well as to provide understanding and support for people with this condition. Our passion for helping the BFRB community really came together around the same time, and we became fast friends. Today, Lauren shares her story and strategies for picking me over skin picking. I think my parents started to take note even as early as um, uh, 9, 10, um, just my my bed sheets would be uh, spotted in blood constantly or um, my clothing even. And to the point where I remember uh, having to switch to black bed sheets because it was just so common that I'd be picking and end up with spots bleeding, perhaps bleeding through band-aids or just picking in my sleep or as soon as I woke up or when I went to bed. Um, And I think uh, there were times when I was getting noticed when it was more visible, um, you know, showing on my uh, forearms or on my calves if I wore shorts. The comments that were made, uh, some even getting back to my parents, some even school nurses asking me uh, if areas were infected, how come this was happening to me. Mm-hmm. It was a really a confusing time because I, I knew I was picking. I knew what was happening to me. I, I knew I was doing it, but I didn't know how to explain why. And, and, and to anyone who would listen, it kind of seemed hard for them to um, even – it seemed hard to even fathom that this would be something I was doing to myself unless of course I was um, self-harming, which was not the case. Um, So it's like in, in self-harm, a lot of the time the goal is to feel, to feel and often to feel pain. Whereas in um, BFRBs or my skin picking, I find the goal a lot of times is this accomplishment feeling. I think the best way for me to explain some of my thoughts behind um, like my skin picking or kind of an inside look at my skin picking um, would be to describe what I call more of my focused picking mm-hmm. um, by breaking my skin picking down into focused or scanning or, or automatic picking. It's kind of helped me understand my picking better. So in looking at focused picking, um, it might an episode might go something like I could be entering my home um, after work and I know that I really, really want to uh, turn the TV on to watch this TV show that's that I've been waiting for. But and so I have my coat on my bag on everything and I open my door to get home. And the first thing my body does is turn to this hallway mirror. And that's just what it does. It always turns and I look, I'm checking out anything on my face at a glance, but if I see something, I lock in on it and I could be sucked into this um, zone where uh, I'm compelled to fix these perceived imperfections. And uh, I still have my jacket and that bag on and I'm, you know, have that 
wanting to see that TV show somewhere in me, but there's something stronger in the moment that is satisfied in me by being in front of that mirror and picking at what is feeling perhaps foreign or out of place or otherwise different uh, on my skin that I can see in the moment. Other times, if it's maybe, if my fingers seem to be kind of just wandering on their own, uh, this could be like I'm, I'm driving or I'm watching TV and all of a sudden uh, I go to reach for the clicker and I notice that there's blood under my fingernails and I'm wondering where this blood came from. And maybe at that moment, I'm thinking about something, um, something that's kind of revving me up inside and my fingers are wandering this kind of finger energy on their own, scanning for these places to fix things. And that's the way that my body is alleviating this kind of excess energy at that moment. I, on paper, it looks like the turning point for me was when my skin picking, my dermatillomania got to its most extreme um, kind of case after an episode that landed me in the hospital um, for you know, the seventh or eighth time with an abscess um, and an infection. And uh, this time I contracted MRSA and uh, you know, had a chance of losing my leg to this disorder and gratefully only had, you know, a few inches removed from my inner thigh and recovered from this. But it was in wearing a, uh, a wound vac, a vacuum in my thigh that was taking care of the infection, um, wearing that like a purse 24-7 uh, and being um, um on a walker, uh, I there was somebody in talking to this stranger who had asked what had happened. And um, because of hearing uh, a medical assistant at the hospital just mention the word dermatillomania and me um, jotting it down and Googling it later, um, I was able to say, it, say a word, to say a term, uh, to say something that, that I had, and it felt like it didn't have me. And it was in that sharing that I felt that first taste of taking some of that control back from what had been controlling me so much that I, you know, just really wanted to learn as much about it and help as many people with it that I could. My MO when it came to my BFRB was to not share my story, to not talk about it, to not, uh, to, was misdirection, you know, was to uh, answer anything and everything else I could to get you to not ask me any more questions. But when I um, first shared that I had dermatillomania and I learned a word for it and, and was able to sh share and own that part of my story, that's like when I was able to lead the way with it or, or take some control back from it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the hiding and the secrecy gives it more power than it needs. Yes. Yeah. So going on that, right. You've not only shared your story, you've not only come, come like, you know, opened up to your family, but you are now founder of a nonprofit who is, hundred thousand percent dedicated to sharing your story and the stories of others. Tell us about how you were picking me. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I am totally picking me. I am picking me over my skin picking because there's a community of us out there that need um, a home. And uh, picking me really started from choosing myself over the disorder that chose me, sharing my story, owning my story, um, and giving that identity a chance and a purpose. And the more that I shared, the more that others kind of shared along with me, kind of popped out of the woodwork, raised their hands too. And this little community started to form. And little by little, it uh, grew and grew and kind of fortified this foundation, this um, little home for skin picking, awareness, advocacy, support, uh, community resources, really just um, trying to be this all-encompassing platform for help when it when you need it when it comes to skin picking. So, Lauren, you, you've been on a, this journey since five years old. Now you're at a point of kind of, as you said before, being in recovery and in management. What is working for you? Yes. So, what is working for me? Um, in recovery and management with my skin picking is first really realizing I had to want to take this on. Um, I think there were a lot of times where I flirted with the idea and really um, was really, really just, of course, wanting to stop, wanting to not have the end result of what was happening from all the skin picking. But I don't know if I was really ready to fully let go of all of the picking or to face not having picking being part of my behavior. Um, so I think first I had to really want to get um, this under control and really want to um, be the person in control of this disorder. And in getting to a space where I wanted to control it, I, I think I found that setting many goals and experiencing like many wins was um, at first most helpful to me. And kind of what I mean by that is like, instead of thinking that my goal um, right now is to stop picking, but perhaps my goal is to uh, hang a scarf over my hallway mirror for, for, the, for the afternoon or for the day and just kind of maybe notice how many times I end up peering at that scarf or checking over at that scarf because I'm really looking for that mirror, but, but my eyes need the scarf instead. I'm just kind of noticing um, how often that happens. And maybe making that goal that of just doing that, that's my goal. And then I get to experience this mini win. And that kind of setting these mini goals and experiencing these mini wins has offered me this like momentum, this kind of uh, um, progress, this perpetual progress. And I find that maybe that, that living with that progress, that perpetual progress is a bit more where happy happens for me than shooting for um, pick or pull free, in my case, pick free. Right. You know, even one more part to add there is we, we tend to, um, in the BFRBs, really think there's a lot of all or nothing in the, in the action, in the behavior, in the feelings of the aftermath. And maybe if we could be more, uh, find this middle ground, perhaps we can experience just a little more lightness, you know? Yeah. Like give ourselves a little bit of a, a break in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're probably the hardest on ourselves when it comes to all this. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. 
So can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on now with Picking Me or even in your own personal journey? Like, so maybe that's two questions. So what are you working on now with Picking Me? And then also, what's the, the mini goal that you're working on right now? Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Um, so right now um, at Picking Me, we're still uh, implementing and trying to grow the use of hashtag Picking Me uh, to chat about all things skin picking disorder. Definitely encourage people to check that out. But more excitingly, we've uh, reached out to our next level of skincare professionals, which are estheticians. Um, so that's estheticians and cosmetologists are actually the next group that we've been uh, targeting in our outreach for skin picking disorder awareness. And growing our support group has been always one of our mainstays here at Picking Me. Um, love, love our support group and um, open to all BFRBs uh, here in Chicago. And really, really just trying to uh, see the, where we can take Picking Me to the next level, next stage for um, all of our little initiatives on our website. So um, me personally, I would say, let's see. A mini goal that I set personally was to remove um, the kitchen silverware from my drawer by my sink and to put in place uh, was some face wipes. And I just wanted to make that the goal. Um, it wasn't, the goal really had nothing to do with um, picking. You know, there was nothing about not picking that day or only picking a little or going pick free. Mm -hmm. uh, the goal was to replace the kitchen silverware with some face wipes and kind of set myself up to do some of my, um, take off my makeup or skincare at, um, at my kitchen sink without uh, something triggering like a mirror or the bathroom lights and allowing the barrier of the face wipes to kind of help preventing my finger from face contact. When I do take that on, I'll give myself a, a little mini reward as a, to, you know, feel that, feel that, really feel that mini win. Okay, awesome. So you pair the mini goals, the mini wins with a reward system as well. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I really try to um, in the support group and it's kind of made the support group uh, a way to make the support group accountable for us. Mm -hmm. um, and when I'm on my own and setting these mini goals, you know, like randomly, uh, I'll set them, I'll set a couple in a day. Um, but if I do it on my own, it might not always be with a reward system. But um, I do try to do it in the support groups. Cool, that's awesome. So having the support group gives you some some sense of accountability. How often do you meet, like weekly, monthly? Yeah, we meet every first and third Tuesday of the month. And, you know, support group has been one of the best ongoing uh, therapies um, for me. It's a place where we can talk and be, um, you know, as you and I just open and vulnerable and share about our BFRB with other BFRBers. And sometimes really hearing other people say some of the things you thought only were in your head that, about the way that you were picking or the way that you're pulling, just having that moment with somebody else, it's really powerful. And I found have, having that set up as kind of an ongoing theme to my skin picking management um, has been super helpful. That's awesome. Yeah, I really find that having that human connection really helps to keep that yeah. that um, perpetual progress, as you said before, to keep that momentum. 
so going back a little bit, so you talked about this strategy of basically making your kitchen sink the bathroom area for you so that you wouldn't have the mirror um, kind of triggering you. That's like a huge, that's such a smart idea. It's like it has everything you need. The, the face wipes just being there so that you can almost give yourself that moment of self-care to take care of yourself. In, in Right? Is that basically what that strategy is about? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it took me um, having to notice what was really triggering me about the bathroom and where a lot of my picking was happening. So really becoming aware of where most of my picking was happening. And once I was able to do that, I came up with some strategies to move myself out of my bathroom. You know, there's still um, times you know, that I use my bathroom to wash my face, brush my teeth, but there's things that I've had to develop different little barriers and strategies um, to make my bathroom workable. Just like how, um, yes, I've made my kitchen slash uh, nighttime routine area workable. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's awesome. I think that's that's a huge point to note, right? It's not just how am I going to change what I do, but how am I going to change my environment to ensure that I am setting myself up for success. And and like you said, like trying to remove things that cause triggers, whether it's mirrors or, um, you know, hiding the tweezers, that kind of thing, like, so that you can't, you can't just like jump back to those old ways um, at the sight of some of that stuff and training yourself like, okay, going to leave the mirror open for a little bit today and making sure like, you know, giving yourself that exposure you need so that one day, Hey, it won't matter if you see a mirror, it won't trigger you in that way. Right. Right. Is there anything else you want to share that I haven't covered? Um, well, some other just strategies I could offer if some, um, you know, again, working with our, uh, bathroom situation, sometimes, having a game plan ahead of time, knowing, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to dim the lights, leave the door ajar, sprinkle water on the um, sink top so that I'm not as tempted to lean forward because I don't want to get wet Mm. and also run the faucet so that there's this kind of timing length cue happening. Um, And I found, you know, that's uh, a personal little routine that I sometimes take on. If I'm having um, a lot of trouble with uh, my picking at the moment or in an episode or kind of uh, on, you know, the bottom of a wave. And I found that those strategies have been helpful in one of my most triggering environments, which is the bathroom. So in your work, you're talking with a lot of people, you're, you're on Facebook with them, Instagram on your picking me account, you're meeting them in person at, I know you go to a ton of conferences to share dermatillomania with, you know, uh, hairstylists and dermatologists and other BFR beers. What are you finding and observing as kind of some common threads, common challenges that people with BFRBs are facing? Um, I think one of the things I still run into just one of the most common things is the shame that we all feel, the shame that we've all experienced at least. You know, I, no matter what type of conference it's been, I always run into pickers and pullers who come up to me, you know, at the conference, at my booths, at my advocacy booths, and might even share uh, about their personal picking or pulling pro- um, tendencies. And 
it's it's so common and the main thing they're sharing with me though is you know i'm the first person they're telling that they're you know they've never told anyone else and i really run into a lot of shame and isolation uh from the bfrb from from the kind of community first learning about that that this is a disorder i'd say as well besides shame and some isolation one of the main challenges is advocacy or, or understanding um, about the BFRBs and the disorder. Um, sometimes just finding the right help or the right uh, direction to find help is proves to be one of the hardest points still. Yeah, I think that the, the cool thing there is that people are finding each other on social media yeah. and starting to, you know, share tips, strategies, um, you know, therapies, I don't know what else, like fidgets, tools, smart bracelets <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> to help them. But it's still very much a very, very introspective condition. It's a very, maybe introspective is not the right word, but I think like you said, it's iso- isolating um, and it, it condition. Feel, it feels isolating. You feel yeah. quite alone in it. But, you know, what I've found is just how many of us there are out there, you know, mm-hmm. it's so many of us so you know we're not alone thank you all for taking time from your day to hear how lauren went from picking skin to picking me if you are in need of more soul fueling visit habitaware.com blog for more inspiring success stories as well as strategies for overcoming compulsive hair pulling skin picking and nail biting and be sure to subscribe to get notified for the release of habitaware's next love, strength, and awareness podcast.